This past Monday, Ann and I had uh, a doctor's appointment, another ultrasound for baby, and uh, everything went well. We got a, a clean bill of health for baby, and, and uh, it should have been a time of rejoicing. We should have left, and it had been great. Uh, and it was for Ann. But when I left and drove home, I was irritable and crabby. And finally, Ann said, what is the matter with you? <laughs> and I sat there for a second, and I thought to myself, and I finally said, I'm a little scared. And she said, why? I said, because I've known babies coming for a long time now, but now baby's getting really close. And in just a few weeks, I'm going to be leaving this place with a baby. <laughs> and I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I could drop the baby. Uh, I don't even know the proper way to feed a baby. Uh, what if baby's crying and baby can't communicate what's wrong? And so I sit there and it cries for six hours and I don't know what's wrong. And because I don't do anything about it, baby gets seriously hurt. And I know what you're going to say because people have told me this already since I've been admitting this to people. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to be afraid of. But that's a lie. I just listed everything that there is to be afraid of. Right? And there's more. Thanks, Sherry. <laughs> that makes me feel better. That really calmed my fears. But there's a lot to be afraid of, isn't there, in life? And there's a lot to be afraid of in this situation, and there's a lot to be afraid of in your life as well. Maybe it's getting towards the end of the year, and your company's downsizing, and your job's in jeopardy. And so there's a lot to be afraid of. What if, you, what if you're one that gets laid off? Then what? What happens to your family? What happens to you? Can you find another job? What's going to happen in the future? Maybe uh, there's a lot to be afraid of going to work, going to school, because there's bullies. And if you think that bullies are only in grade school... In high school, you know that's wrong deep down because there's bullies everywhere in life. And you go to work, you go to school, and you try to actively avoid those people over there because they make you feel like garbage. They make you feel worthless. And every time you see them, you get a little scared. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe you're scared of losing someone. Maybe your relationship's been rocky, and what does the future hold there? What could happen? Maybe you're at a crossroads in life. You need to make a decision. Where am I going? What am I doing? And you're scared of making the wrong decision. Maybe you've just received medical tests back and they weren't good. And so now what? Is the medication going to help? Is, is the chemo radiation, are these going to take away the cancer? What if it doesn't? Maybe your kid's getting ready to go away for college and you're scared. Because you're no longer there to look over them, watch over them. And so what could happen? There's a lot to be afraid of in this world. There's a lot to be afraid of in your life. And to say that there's not, that's a lie. Because your circumstances scream completely, something completely different. We all fear. And if you've ever been afraid, you know that fear grips the mind and then it slowly takes over the body as you start to shake, as you get sweaty, your heart starts to beat really fast, uh, and your blood pressure goes up. And if you stay fearful, it can cause all kinds of health issues, both physically and spiritually. 
So how do we deal with our fears? I wonder if fear gripped Mary, the mother of Jesus, nine months before Jesus was born. I have a feeling it did. For one, an angel appeared to her. Today we're in Luke chapter 1 again as we continue walking through uh, Luke 1. And a reminder, Luke was uh, originally a doctor turned Christian, turned missionary, turned reporter historian. He was a doctor. Uh, He never met Jesus in his life. Jesus died, rose again, ascended into heaven, and then Luke became a Christian. And so Luke said, this doctor stuff is fun. I love hanging out and, and healing people physically, but I can be part of healing people spiritually. I'm joining Paul, and he went along with Paul starting up mission churches all in the known world. And on these missionary journeys, Luke met a, a man named Theophilus uh, who believed in Jesus, kind of, but Theophilus was one of those guys that said, Jesus is probably more of like a Paul Bunyan type story, a legend. Uh, he did some great things, but he's not as big as everyone keeps saying he is. And so Luke said, I want you to know the facts, Theophilus. And so I'm going to turn into a reporter historian. I'm going to interview people, and I'm going to write it all down. And you can read about it in Luke chapter 1 in the opening verses. Uh, Luke says, uh, I thought it would be good to investigate the situation myself. And in Luke chapter 1, it seems like Luke interviewed Mary, the mother of Jesus. Because we get some behind the scenes, a behind-the-scenes look at nine months before Jesus was even born. And we're going to see that Mary had quite a fearful uh, experience. Luke chapter 1, here we go. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Let's stop right there. Last week, you may remember, we covered Zachariah and Elizabeth. Older couple, childless. Zachariah is a priest. Uh, an angel appears to him in the temple, and he says, Hey, Zachariah, your prayers have been heard. Elizabeth's going to have a child. Praise God, right? And he says, uh, Yeah, I don't buy it. Uh, angel says, Fine, you're not going to talk for nine months. <laughs> And God's Word does what God's Word always does, and that is, it is fulfilled. It comes to fruition. And Elizabeth gets pregnant. It's in the sixth month of her pregnancy that God sends the same angel, Gabriel, to another town in Galilee called Nazareth. Here's a map of the Holy Land. This is the map of Israel. Uh, Jerusalem is down here in in an area called Judea. This is kind of the province of Judea down here. Uh, When we talk about the northern tribes in the Old Testament and the southern tribes, we're talking here. This was Judah down here, and then the rest of this was Israel. So earlier when we read from Micah chapter 5 that the Assyrians were coming down to take over Israel, it was this northern kingdom that Assyria wiped out, leaving just these tribes down here. Anyway, side note. So here's where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. Here is Galilee... And here is Nazareth right there. And this is where the angel gets sent. Nazareth, small, dumpy little town. Uh, When you think of a hick town, when you're driving out in the middle of the country and you pass a little tiny town and you say, I'm not stopping there because the bathroom's probably really dirty, this was Nazareth. Uh, Nazareth had one well, which meant that it could only hold 50 to 100 people. And so you know what that means. Everyone knows everyone. And everyone knows everyone's business. It's to this town that the angel sent. 
and he sent to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So he sent, the, the angel sent to a woman named Mary, who's pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Being pledged to be married is more than just an engagement. Uh, when, when we get engaged, that's when we start planning uh, the wedding, we start saving up, we plan the ceremony, uh, and the reception at the same time. This was different. Uh, this was, hey, we agree to get married, let's hammer out these public vows. And they sit down, or they stand, they sign the marriage document, publicly confess, that they, and, uh, confess their vows, and they are legally married. But they don't go home as husband and wife until after the reception, which they start to say for once they make their vows public. So, they're in the time period between we're legally married, we've confessed our vows to each other, we've said them uh, publicly, we're legally married, now we're saving up for the reception. After the reception is when Mary and Joseph would go home as husband and wife, consummate the marriage, start living together. Oh, joy. They're in that time period where they're saving up for the money for the reception. And this angel gets sent to Mary. Mary is probably somewhere between the age of 12 and 15 years old, historians say. They married very young. Joseph, only a few years older than that. Can you imagine that? Imagine being a freshman in high school and having an angel appear to you saying, hey, you're going to have a baby. Already you're thinking, whoa! And now, by the way, raise God as a 13-year-old. Whoa. Here's what the angel says to Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Don't be afraid, Mary. Yeah, okay. I'm going to have a baby? I'm going to have a baby? I'm not even officially in the eyes of the people married. Yes, I've signed the marriage document. Yes, I've confessed that I'm going to marry him. But we haven't gone home as husband and wife. I'm still a virgin. I'm 13 years old. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. There's a lot to be afraid of here. And that's your first point this morning, is that our focus determines our fears. Our focus determines our fears. Think again of Mary's circumstances here. Think of everything that she could be focusing on. She's from a small little town where everyone knows everyone's business. We would love to think that when she goes out those doors to those 50 to 100 people and say, hey, an angel appeared to me, I'm going to be pregnant and I'm going to have the Messiah that we've been waiting for. We would like to think that everyone would say, yay, Mary's pregnant. Can you believe that an angel appeared to her? Can you believe she's having the Messiah? Oh my goodness, our people have been waiting for this for a thousand years. This is amazing. This is great. Oh, we're going to have to have a baby shower. We would like to think that that's how they would respond. But the reality, 
is their response is going to be, I wonder how many of our boys she slept with. Was it even one of ours? Or was it an out-of-towner? I tried to tell her parents to, to get her under control. I knew this was going to happen. And her name would be dragged through the dirt. Don't be afraid, Mary. Yeah, okay. How's Joseph going to take it? Joseph knows it's not his. We're married. Is he going to leave? If he leaves, I'm a 13-year-old. How am I going to take care of myself? Where's the income coming from? Where's the security at? And not to mention, she's living in a time period where the Jewish people could technically put her to death for committing adultery. So don't tell me that there's nothing to be afraid of. And the more she focuses on that, the bigger her fears will get, right? There's a lot to be afraid of here. There's a lot to be afraid of in our lives. And the more we focus on those circumstances, the bigger our fears get. There's something comforting in the words that the angel said, and I wonder if any of us caught it. Did anyone catch it? The comfort? Laura? You found favor in the eyes of God. God. And, let's look, the Lord is with you. Yeah, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. That is extremely comforting. And yet, how many of us just glazed right over it? How many of us didn't actually take in the Lord is with her? and the comfort that that brings. The reason that that phrase may seem nice but really doesn't do it for us is because we're sinful people, right? And so what does that mean? By nature we're sinful and we have a hard time trusting God. And so yeah, we hear, oh, the Lord's with us. Hey, that's really nice to say, but I've got these circumstances to deal with and so unless if the Lord takes care of this, I'm not going to trust Him. And the more that we focus on our fears, the bigger they get, and guess what happens to God? The smaller He gets. And the bigger our fears get, the less trusting in God we do. The Lord is with her. But pastor, you say, you don't understand. I've got a lot going on, And there's a lot to be afraid of. How can you tell me there's nothing to be afraid of? I never said there wasn't anything to be afraid of. Neither did the angel. Notice what the angel says. The angel says, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. There's a lot to fear, Mary. Your circumstances determines you should be afraid. But don't be. Why? Because the Lord is with you. And when we focus on the Lord is with us, He gets bigger and our fears get smaller. Because who is the Lord? Well, the angel continues and tells us exactly who this Lord is. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Who is this Lord? He is the Son of the Most High, the Most High God. He's not an idol. He's not another person. He is the Most High God, who is, was, and always will be God. He will be great, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who rules forever. His kingdom will never end. This is the Lord who is with Mary. This is the Lord who is with us. Do you know where fears come from? Fears come from sin, and sin has brought loss, right? Which is death. We were never meant to lose anything. And yet when Adam and Eve sinned, now death has been brought into the world and we lose just about everything in this life. We're afraid of what? Losing our reputation. Losing our good name. We're afraid of losing someone in our life. We're afraid of losing a part of our body. We're afraid of losing a job. We're afraid of losing life. We're afraid of loss. And yet God made a promise to Adam and Eve that He was going to send somebody to conquer all of this. And that person is the one being born to Mary. Who was, is, and always will be God. Who was, is, and always will be the King of the world. And He came to the world for one purpose and that was to conquer. Not to lose, but to win. To win against our greatest fears. To conquer loss and death itself. And that's what He did. And how did He do it? Ironically, by losing His life. When Jesus died on the cross, He conquered death. He conquered sin. And then He rose back to the life. He died, He lost His life, and yet He took it back up. And now he says, I'm ruling forever. My kingdom never ends. I'm on the throne and I am with you always. And my life is your life. What would your life look like if we fully comprehended this? We can't because we're sinful. But imagine if we lived in this every single day. Yes, I, got, uh, yes, I lost my job. That's the circumstances right now. I don't know what the future holds. But the Lord is with me. And my king is on his throne, and he promises that he's going to provide for every one of my needs. So I'm not going to be afraid. A new job will come up because the Lord will bring me to one. And until then, he's going to provide for my needs. Yes, a loved one is now out of my life, and it hurts. But the Lord, the king of the world, is on his throne, and he gives me strength, he gives me comfort, and he promises that I'm going to see my loved one again in heaven when I get there. Yes, I'm facing uh, some medicals and, and some medical challenges and some sickness and disease, and I don't know how it's going to end. But the king is on his throne. He is with me. He can heal me. And even if he doesn't, 
He promises that when, if I lose my life, He's going to give me life eternal. I'm not going to be afraid because my God, my King, has conquered all of my fears. The Lord is with me. And as I focus on just how big my Lord is, just how big my King is, my fears shrink. And I'm, and, and I'm able to walk through the darkest valley because my Lord, the King, is with me, who's conquered all of my fears. Mary, you have a lot to be afraid of. But Mary, the Lord is with you. And she says, okay. Some logistic questions. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. Now notice, last week we looked at Zechariah, and Zechariah asked a similar question. And, and he got slapped with uh, not speaking for nine months. Zechariah's question asked in complete doubt. I don't believe this can happen. Mary is hey, can you tell me the biology behind all this? Because I don't understand it. And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she, who is said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Pretty mature response from Mary, isn't it? You're going to have God himself. You're going to be mother of God. This is outside your marriage to Joseph. There's a lot to be afraid of. And Mary's response, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. How can she have such a mature response? How can her faith or uh, fears be calmed? How can she be so in control? It's your last point this morning. Fears are calmed by trusting whose we are. Did you notice Mary's response? She told you exactly whose she was. She said, I am the Lord's servant. I belong to the Lord. May your words be to me be fulfilled. She had no idea what the future held. She had no idea how Joseph was going to take it. The angel didn't say. How was her parents going to take it? The angel didn't say. How would she raise God? The angel didn't say. All that she knew was the Lord was with her and she is the Lord's servant. And so come what may, she knew she'd be okay. He would give her the strength. He would give her the comfort. He would give her everything she needed through all of her fears. The same is true for you and me. In our baptism, God washed our sins away and then He declared, you are my child. You are my heir. Not just a servant. You are my child. You belong to the King. And the King promises that He's with you always. The King who created this world, the King who's conquered death, says you are mine. I've conquered all of your fears. So do not fear. Your sins are forgiven. Do not fear. I am with you always. It would be great if God promised that when we come to a fearful circumstance, He would just bring us right around it, but He doesn't promise that. Sometimes we're going to go right down the middle of our fears, and God says, I'm with you always. The Lord, the King of creation, says, I am with you. I will provide. I will continue to conquer your greatest fears. And I promise to give you life. 
And so this Christmas, know and believe and trust that no matter what fears come your way, that the Lord is with you because that baby was born in Bethlehem. Not fiction, but fact. And that baby grew up and he conquered your fears by dying and rising again. He's conquered the root of all of your fears. And so no matter what you face, know and believe that the Lord is with you. And as you focus on Him, He will get bigger and your fears will get smaller. The Lord is with you. Let us rejoice. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we praise and thank You that You are the King of creation, that You are our King, and that You have conquered our greatest fears. Uh, As we face fears in this life, we ask You to be with us, calm them, calm our fears, and give us the strength we need to uh, walk through our fears knowing that You are by our side no matter uh, how dark the valley is. We ask You to be with us, continue to comfort us, and let us focus on just how big You are. Because when we do, our fears get small. In Your name we pray. Amen.